0: Poker Patchcast, Fred Smoot's favorite podcast. Um, We are broadcasting here live on a Sunday afternoon, Um, getting ready for Pacers game four tonight. Game four. Pacers game four tonight. They uh, took a 2-1 series lead on Friday night. I think it was... Because I was in attendance, thankfully um, We are going to probably talk about the NBA today Talk a little bit baseball um, I don't know if there's much wrestling left to talk about No, we, I think we've, kept, we've yeah. covered all the wrestling for a while <laughs> It's been my wife's least favorite part of the podcast She uh, she, she asked us to skip through the wrestle stuff Whenever wow. we talk about it But What can you do? Can't make every listener happy Apparently we're not making anybody more happy <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But uh yeah, so what do you got today, Dale?
1: Well, um, you were at Game Three. Uh, what were your impressions of the crowd, as opposed um, to maybe what you saw last year?
0: Yeah, this this um, I kind of felt like there was a confidence in the air. Like the Pacers fans just kind of thought we were going to win last night or Friday night. It felt it was weird. Like, and they were down 17 at half, and and the crowd still seemed optimistic they weren't kind of sulking around thinking oh here here we go LeBron's took over this game Pacers don't have a chance um I thought it was interesting I I sat there at halftime and thought you know we're gonna win this game I didn't I didn't even think about the 17 points I knew it was 17 points but I didn't think of it as being a insurmountable lead I guess it could have been the dozens of beers I had but uh, (laughs) (laughs) dozens might be a uh, low uh conservative estimate but
1: <laughs>
0: well watching the game on
1: Fox Sports they um, Quinn Butner mentioned several times during the um, telecast especially during the um, first half that basically the crowd was looking for a reason yeah, to get involved in the game and the Pacers just couldn't make mm. any kind of a sustained run to sort of put any pressure on the Cavs and then you know then they come out right after halftime and you know, they scored the first six points of the second half and then, you know, um, Lou took the timeout and then that's when the crowd really started to become more of a factor in the game, it seemed like, and then, um, and as Cleveland sort of struggled a little bit. The
0: last couple minutes of the third and this opening of the fourth quarter, I think, were some of the most important minutes of that game. Yeah, Um,
1: definitely. You could definitely sense the crowd was a much
0: bigger factor in it at that point, too, and that Cleveland started
1: to maybe tighten up a little bit, but I, I also got the sense that they were uh, starting to tire out too. I mean, because it seems like they just have a very
0: short bench, and yeah.
1: And LeBron. Suppose,
0: supposedly they're going to get Tristan Thompson going tonight, um, so we'll see how that goes. He's been a total non-factor Not, yeah, in this I, series I, so far. Um, uh, George Hill is having some back inflammation, so he's questionable for tonight as well. I saw, so that's interesting. Um, but I mean, Tristan Thompson was. Kind of the cornerstone of that franchise after LeBron. I mean, that was LeBron's boy. I mean, he was supposedly untouchable trade wise. LeBron said, you can do whatever you want, but make sure you re sign Tristan Thompson. And God, he's been awful. Yeah you, yeah, you barely heard his name even no. mentioned in the I mean, game, except, outside except TMZ. Say, <laughs> well, except that he didn't, didn't play or yeah. hasn't played well or only got I mean, he's, he's become more of a you know Kardashian sideline than he has a uh, basketball player. Yeah, almost. he's not. He's definitely not been a factor in this series at all. I mean, I don't know
1: how much of a big deal it is to you know LeBron. You know, he always makes the point of you know he goes into his social media. Blackout during the playoffs and playoff P. Yeah, I, that guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. But, um, <laughs> but you now LeBron, he just, you don't know how much LeBron actually was, I'm going to say, bothered, disgusted, annoyed by all this stuff, you know, breaking yeah. like, you know, two days before the playoffs started. And, you, know, you couldn't be happy about it. And, you know, and then, and then, and then if it's Kyle Korver or somebody you know that's actually Kevin Love, somebody that's actually productive on the court, you know he probably has let it slide a little. bit. you know when you're Tristan Thompson, you're putting up zero and zeros every night. You know I don't yeah. think LeBron wants to be nope. any part of that act. No.
0: Nope. And, and getting caught on camera, getting uh, you know sleeping around on your wife, uh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classy. I mean, this, this, this is, these are things that ruin Tiger Woods' career.
1: <laughs> so. Classy move. And, yeah, and Tristan is no Tiger Woods yeah. as far as ability or <laughs> domination. or. Um, and one thing that constantly, constantly, constantly hear on the local media and on my Twitter feed is the unabashed bias of the NBA officials towards Ooh. the um, yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, personally, I think that is the most. Ridiculous and inane thing that anybody could possibly say that a professional sports league is fixing their games. No,
0: no, uh, no. LeBron
1: gets LeBron gets
0: calls. Yeah. Um, Shaq got calls. Yeah. Kobe got calls. Um, Harden and Westbrook get calls now. Uh, Superstars are going to get calls. I understand that, but you know they're going to have the ball in their hands the most times. So if I understand the argument that you can't call foul every single time LeBron does something or LeBron has the ball. And and, and yeah, you're they're going to miss calls on LeBron because he has the ball more often than any other player on the court, right. A. And B, if they were to call every single foul, then the game would last six hours. And you know? nobody left on yeah. the floor at the end of the game. <laughs> so um, I... <laughs> I, the officiating has not been good. I thought, you know, there was people around me freaking the hell out Friday night, and I was just like, they're bad on both ends. I mean, they they called a couple bad fouls to start. Um, I think one was on George Hill, and then he came off and pushed off on the other end, and it was a it was a foul, but it's not a playoff foul, you know. It's just kind of right. a guy driving to the basket doing a step back, and they called the push off on George Hill, and I just kind of. There was a couple other ones I was just kind of like, that's not an NBA playoff foul. Just let them play. It's yeah. I thought the officiating was pretty bad on both ends of the court. Um, obviously, um, Pacer fans are not going to notice the bad calls on the other end. They're just no. going to notice the uh, ones on their end. I like to think I'm a pretty level-headed fan. Um, um, being a Cubs fan for so long kind of coming <laughs> uh-huh. used to uh, being used to losing. Uh but I, I mean, I understand people's complaints. But you know, it, it when you play a team like Washington or something like that that doesn't have that superstar. I mean, you could say John Wall or Bradley Beal are great players, but don't have that guy like LeBron or James Harden or Russell Westbrook or Durant. You know, the guys that are these superstars. Those guys are going to get the calls. That's how it is. It has nothing yeah. to do with LeBron. It has nothing to do with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It has to do with that guy's going to get the calls. And and LeBron sells his fouls better than anybody in the NBA. I mean, he he goes out there. He, he works. People call him a flopper. But, you know, if it works for him, everybody, you know, if, if it worked for everybody, everybody would be doing it. Right. And especially his Pacer fans to get upset about LeBron being a flopper when probably the greatest player in the franchise history was he a, invented that? Yeah, was leg, a well-known acting like he just got tackled by an NFL linebacker, you know, and we loved it. Pacer yeah. fans loved it when they when Reggie would get that call and kick his feet out when he'd take a three. I mean,
1: well, and, Re- and Reggie's most famous <laughs> shot, the um three get three
0: push off. The, the three don't you say the, it? Don't you say it?
1: The three against the Bulls to win the game. I mean, he like shoved him back fifteen feet before, ah, before he got the ball. I mean. Ah. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I mean, Reggie. I mean, Reggie was a flopper. Reggie. Was, yeah. Reggie was smart. I mean. Yeah. And he would get smart, away with. You know. And, and and honestly, if LeBron only reacted to the fouls that hurt him, or actually knocked him off balance, he'd probably never get a foul
0: called at all because that guy's never been injured in his career. He, you know. I mean, he's a pretty tough. Everyone's him a baby and every everything, but he's never missed a game due to injury. And. Yeah, he might sell those calls and act like every poke to the rib cage is a broken rib or something. But he's selling it. He's an actor, you know. He, yeah, he's gotten
1: you know he's gotten his way more than his fair share of calls. But he also is so much bigger. Yeah. Than typically the people guarding him.
0: I mean, they can't. And he moves. I mean, he moves like somebody that's you know four or five inches smaller than him. You know. I mean, he moves like a point guard. That's why he handles the ball so tight. He can play. Almost every position on the floor, because he can move like a point guard. He can handle the ball like a point guard. He can post up like a center. I mean, he's he can basically play one through four easily. And then you know if they're playing small, even play five. You know, so well. And I I challenge people sometimes with these conversations.
1: Do you want to go back to the days of the Knicks and the Bulls and the pit when when the games were in the eighties? Yeah. I mean, to me, that was. Not a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it was basically a wrestling match, and, and to Pat Riley's credit, I mean, like you said, you know, they they fouled so much and were so physical that you just can't call.
0: No, I mean, that's the Seahawks perfected that a few years ago, and and their playoff run is we're gonna pass and interfere with the wide receiver on every single play. I dare you to call it, and that was kind of the Dan Quinn like you know defensive philosophy is that you know Seymour and those guys are gonna be. All up on those wide receivers on every play, we dare you to call it. Well, and, 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 the,
1: and the Patriots, in the, well, I know it's a different sport, but the Patriots in NFL, the playoff game against the Colts yeah, at Foxborough. Pullian lost his mind. I, I mean, I mean, but they were literally holding and yeah. passing interference on every play, because yep. they knew it was, sooner or later they were just going to stop calling it. Yep. And then in the Super Bowl, like the thing with Marshall Flock, it was like, we're going to knock him down every play no matter what. Yep. And they did, and eventually the officials stopped calling it. You know, another guy. Pey- it always strikes me funny with Indianapolis people that they don't like the whining, they don't like the crying. But the they guy that played quarterback here yeah. for a long time yeah. was probably one almost, of the biggest crybabies in the history of the well, NFL. The
0: GM got almost every single rule changed. We talk yeah. about these, you know, Star Wars numbers now for quarterbacks and how you can't do anything with a wide receiver and it's so hard to play defense. Well, those rules all got changed because, because of, Peyton of Peyton Manning and Bill Polian going to those, you know, rules meetings and losing their goddamn minds. Yeah. And, so. you know, and there was a seismic shift in the game because of it. And I mean, that's when the game became,
1: you know, now you got to score in the forties to win that yep. before it was defense and running games. Now it's, you've got, you've <clears> got to throw <throat> it. You can't, you know, you can't do that. And, and main also, you know, with the, um, roughing the passer and all that stuff. Yep. I mean, him and Brady were the two
0: biggest. Yep. Well, it was when Brady went down, um, for the you know, around the knees, but the other stuff yeah. came before that. But I mean, Cam Newton—somebody could pull out a sledgehammer and hit him with it, oh, and there there's gonna
1: be no call. But you know, there's oh,
0: oh Brett Favre—you know—doing yeah. the Cal Ripken and not missing a game for so long. How many concussions did he play through? Yeah, because Brett Favre got the shit knocked out of him. I, I was never a Brett Favre fan, but I mean, for him to never miss a game in his almost entire career, towards after he probably should have retired, he missed a couple games, but like. You know, but and Aikman and those guys. They talk about Aikman waking up after the NFC Championship and asking, um, "Who was this scumbag agent?" the The famous agent that, oh, Steinberg. Yeah, and uh it was who McGuire was based on, uh, right? yeah. allegedly. Yeah, but uh <laughs> that's what he tells everybody. But they did that concussion documentary for PBS, and they interviewed Aikman and they, and, and Steinberg, and like he woke. Like, he woke up in a hospital after the NFC Championship and asked if they won. <laughs> he had no remembrance of them even winning the game, and he threw, like, a touchdown pass on the last play. Yeah. And then, luckily, you know, you have two weeks before the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it's just incredible, like, what those guys were forced to play through back then. I think that kind of takes us off on another yeah. topic. But,
1: but yeah, but like the point being, though, is that the stars of the league get— the calls.
0: Well, and I read an article, I don't know if it was 538 or another, one of those analytic type, um, saber metrics type articles. And they said the number one thing that if influences officiating, especially in the NBA, is home court. And the refs will eventually try to make up calls with the crowd, especially in NBA and college basketball. And that home court is the biggest, um, Factor in officiating and calls. So, I mean, they analyzed like tens of thousands of games, and there was a decided advantage in the officiating and the calls they made based on the home team. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting, too, is that, you know, LeBron's going to get these calls, especially at home, when the crowd's not losing their minds on a bad call, flip it to when an entire arena of Pacer fans are losing their minds on every play that LeBron. Is or doesn't get a foul, and it's going to totally flip the officiating somewhat. I think in Game Two, LeBron didn't get called for a foul until like the final minutes of the game. He got called pretty early and often. The other night on Friday, they called those quick fouls on George Hill. Um, I mean, it kind of took LeBron. LeBron didn't come out with the first seventeen points Friday night. You know, so
1: well. Imagine the Cavs come to Indianapolis. In February, yeah, and Full House, you know everybody's excited. LeBron comes out and gets two fouls within the first two minutes. The same people that are bitching now that he doesn't get it, that he gets all the calls will be bitching because they paid four hundred dollars on StubHub for two t- tickets yep. and LeBron played two minutes in the first half. Yep. I mean it's just ridiculous. And the other issue is we're sitting here in the Southside Rye um, Studios. Yep. And we got the big seventy-inch. TV rocking here and if we wanted to we could stop and reverse every possession of every game. Yeah. And find probably two or three foul calls oh, that don't yeah. get called. These guys are calling it best athletes in the world. Top speed. Split second. And you got to call it in a split second. Mm-hmm. Did, did LeBron push? Was he pushed? Did, yeah. You know, I mean,
0: And when you're a monster like LeBron, like we said, LeBron isn't gonna, you know, Move unless he wants to you know yeah. he can sell a foul, but he also can sell it on the defensive and him just being a imposing physical presence you know um on defense so yeah i'd really
1: like to I'd really like to get Scott Pollard on here yeah and, and have him talk about um his dealings with um with Shaq.
0: oh yeah you know, like, I, mean, I mean, like, he had a tweet it, earlier I'll try
1: and find it here while you're talking go ahead, but I mean you know shaq is like you know backing him down and knocking. Sexual or of feet back underneath the basket, and like Shaq's not trying to no. hurt him or doing that. It's just that. I mean, Scott Pollard's a huge man. Oh, and, and but Shaq is you know a freak of nature, and just you can't you know, you, you, you can't expect the refs to under to completely get everything right in full speed, especially yeah. with these guys,
0: how big they are. And well, and, and if you have never sat even at a high school game, sit courtside. If you can't afford, which is, you know, I understand if you can't afford to sit courtside at an NBA game, but I went to, I mean, back when the Pacers were terrible, when it was Travis Diener starting and and Troy Murphy and those guys, I could basically get tickets and move down to within 10 rows of the floor about every game because nobody was there and they really were just trying to make the lower level look a little fuller on TV and the NBA is so physical compared to on TV when you're sitting that close to the game. I think I went to a couple games with um, Dwayne Wade and Tim Duncan and even uh, saw Shaq play at the latter end of his career and just how physical it is under the basket compared to what it looks like on TV. Everything looks like a foul when you're in the arena. I mean, everything looks like a foul. So I understand home crowds losing their mind because the game is so much more physical in person than what it looks like on TV.
1: Well, your buddy Dan, um, who has a local radio show. Okay. One, one of the few times. We're going to try
0: to get to him today, too. Uh, yeah. Him on
1: hold, so. Um, one of the few times I've listened to him, he did make a very good point about people who say that they don't play defense in NBA. He, I mean, he was just, like, beside himself. He's like, listen, if they didn't play defense in the NBA, the scores would be in the 200s. Mm-hmm. And he says, but like you were saying,
0: he was basically saying, oh, look at the All Star game every year. Yeah, they don't play defense, and, and that's it's nearly <laughs> a 400, 400 point over under on yeah, that you, thing. Yeah, you so.
1: don't, you don't understand how big and how physical and how fast these guys are until you're actually. Like
0: and I think down there, close to watching it, I don't want to get into a whole subtopic of NBA versus college basketball, but especially here in Indiana, you hear all the time is like, oh, I just I don't like the NBA. They just don't they don't play right. They don't. And I think there's some racial undertones to that, probably that they would never admit. But, um, you know, oh, college basketball, they just play it the right way. They play the motion offense and they. You know, they set the. You can play a press. Lot passes every position. Yeah, you can (laughs) play a press. And I mean, Rick Patino tried to do a full court press in the NBA and got fucking embarrassed every week.
1: Well, he's the one, like, basically, he came around and said, you know, he he said, you can't press in the NBA. He
0: said, no, they're too quick. He said, said an NBA point guard can break a press blindfolded. Yeah. Yeah. And how he thought that would be successful in the NBA. But anyway, I don't think anybody even really ever tried it. No. I mean, for good reason, apparently. Yeah. You know, well, um, what's his name that coached the Lakers? He just. Basically, didn't want to play defense. Westfall? Um, yeah, Paul Westfall. <laughs> he was just like, don't worry about defense. Just get the ball down the court as quick as possible. Shoot as fast you can. Then yeah. <laughs> no, shoot it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh-huh. I think. I'm oh, oh, sorry. Uh, breaking
1: news. I don't know if we have a breaking news sound there, but. Dude. If, if you have Buster Posey on your fantasy team, you might want to start looking at catch up, catcher options on the. Uh-oh. On the wire because he went into first base, like, super awkward. and. and the, well, did you see Brian get hit in the head? Who? Chris Brian got hit in the head oh, with a he pitch
0: and left the game. Um, well, Buster looks
1: like—I'm no doctor, but I'll play one on the mm-hmm. Internet. But um, Buster's knee was moving in a way that didn't look. So he walked off the field, but that doesn't necessarily yeah.
0: mean anything. I, you might want to do a little research <laughs> on this pretty quick. Um, but, yeah, he was hit in the head by a fastball. From German Marquez in the first inning, Bryant's glasses flew off and his helmet spun around as the pitch hit him around the forehead area. He looked woozy oh, as he shit. was helped off the field by training staff, but passed all concussion tests. You know, they always pass the concussion test. As uh, you, as you said, <laughs> if the NFL had been in charge of the parade route in Dallas, they would have declared Kennedy to go back in. <laughs> exactly. Um, Bryant suffered a small laceration above his left eye from the sunglasses. Um, continue to be monitored. but uh, today? Yeah. And the, uh, they're up 6-4 currently on the Rockies, top of the 6. So Quintana's pitching okay, keeping the lead. Um, but, <laughs> how about that kid, kid from the White Sox? Like, oh, yeah. Brain hemorrhage in the yeah. dugout. And and his life was basically saved by the fact he was surrounded by doctors. Yeah, th- mean, th- he was at the game. They said, yeah, they said if, it was, if he was at the hotel or whatever, he, he probably would have died. It's it, it professional athletes in a professional setting. Nobody has a better medical team around them. Right than those guys um one of the funnier things um um chili davis the uh, cubs hitting coach got upset about brian getting hit and threw his coffee at the umpire <laughs> <laughs> is
1: that better uh, or worse than the guy throwing the soup jr smith throwing the soup
0: <laughs> jason Kidd dumping his drink on the court so he could get a timeout <laughs> <laughs> and then the dude for um, miami the other night stomping on um Oh, yeah. bead's
1: mask. Yeah. And finding 15000 <laughs> I, mean,
0: I thought it was funny. It was a yeah. dick move, but I thought it was funny. I'd probably fake a facial injury if I were in the NBA just to wear a badass mask like that. <laughs> hey, Rip Hamilton wore it the rest of his career. So. Yeah, he, yeah, well, he got yeah. hurt one time for two weeks and wore it for the next 15 years. But So here was a Pollard tweet. Uh, Mark Boyle has been on a one man um, blocking crusade against anybody that thinks there's a vast NBA conspiracy um, when it comes to. Um, you know, the teams that make it to the finals. You know, the Spurs made it, what, six times?
1: Yeah, Spurs won five titles, but, you know, the NBA only wants the big markets. Yeah, how
0: many Lakers, New York, Chicago, how many of those teams were in the... Yeah,
1: five five teams in those cities, and none of them made it. Yeah,
0: interesting. But uh, Pollard had said every superstar gets hit more than any other player. They have the ball in their hands more, what I said. Yeah. Referees have to use judgment. They're human. If they called it every time every superstar got hit, games would last forever. NBA refs are the best. If not, they get... Gooned. Yeah. He's,
1: yeah. And if you don't follow Boyle or um, Pollard on yeah. Twitter, you're just not getting the most out of the no. experience because yeah, yeah, Boyle, I mean, Boyle's blocking people during the game. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I think I tweeted him something during the game there. Oh, it was, I was, I listened to a snippet of it on radio driving from uh, one place to another the other night. And he dropped a uh, uh, George Hill with the horrendous shot or turnover or shot selection, something like that. And I'm like, well, there's something I don't miss here and here locally. And he (laughs) retweeted it like right in the middle of the game. So, um, so yeah, Boyle's great. Um, and real nice. He's given me tickets before and he's always willing to, uh, um, meet up with you and chat with you. If you're a huge fan, um, there's a guy that's been tweeting him about his daughter going on a date for the first time with a guy and how he, um, they started talking about Mark Boyle and the play-by-play, and and Boyle uh, wants to take the dad and the girl and her boyfriend out to lunch. So I thought so you that was the Boyle cool. test, yeah. <laughs> so no, he's a
1: good dude. i have um, a little eccentric, uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've run into him a few times at um, like some JMV stuff and things like that. And yeah, you know, he's always a super nice guy. Yeah. I mean, you know better than asking about conspiracy theories you now <laughs> if you're ever so inclined, but. Um, no, I mean, he seems like he seems like a good dude. I mean, I like his um. What, he he's always post the pictures of his cats in his yard, yeah. like, defending the um, the
0: fortress. Fortress of solitude, yeah. <laughs> and what we got here in the NBA today. Um, Ooh, we've got a series tied now that um, is slightly unexpected. With Boston now tied, I think everybody kind of thought that would be a good series, and Boston kind of came out and whipped their asses those first two games, and everyone was like, okay, Boston's going to handle the Bucks. Um, But that series is now tied. The Bucks have won the last two to bring that tied 2-2. To um, Toronto and Washington play later tonight, which apparently it was quite controversial from listening to people that um, actually listen to this podcast when I said I thought Washington was the second or third best team in the East. Um, but they've now pulled... Uh, Won a game in that series, so that's 2-1. But, I mean, I just thought Wall missed most of the season with injury. Um, Beal was kind of back and forth. But I think that Washington team is pretty good, um, and they'll give Toronto a good series. Hopefully, because if the Pacers do manage to win two more games in this series, let's hope that Toronto-Washington game goes seven seven games. So one of those teams is wore out when they come to Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, Yeah, a lot of pressure on the...
0: Interesting, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, they. You you want. You know, I think, you want to. Um, I think we is it two two one 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 or two two, two, two one one yeah. one. so you want to go back to Cleveland with a three one lead? I think obviously. Yeah. Because um, yeah, either way, when they come home on,
1: if they come home for Game Six, it's going to be a
0: must win. Yeah.
1: Because you do not want to go back. Cleveland no, not for, for a game, game seven.
0: seven. No, <laughs> especially if you get up three one and so lose. there's going to be. an I mean, even if they're up, well, they come back three to two,
1: up three to two at um for a home game. That's gonna that's gonna
0: be interesting to see how they respond. Yeah, because that's going to be the night that they're. Well, and it seems like everyone's like, "Oh, we're waiting for the LeBron takeover." Uh LeBron's taken over these games. I mean, he's given us his best. Yeah. I mean, I thought that game too. That was vintage LeBron, like when he would take over games for Miami. Like, but you know, the Pacers came back and were a shot away from winning that game. And I thought that was LeBron's best. He came out and scored the first seventeen fucking points of the game. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. well, yeah, Kevin, but, Kevin Love isn't doesn't look like Kevin no. Love. Um, and he might he had a, he came out kind of strong the other night and then kind of withered in the second half. Um, I thought George Hill looked good the other night. He looked aggressive and yeah, that's best he looked in the series, yeah, I thought. And that was the same way when he was here with Indy was that if he got off to a good start and was aggressive, you knew he was going to have a good game. Yeah. But you know, sometimes he just comes out and he has zero interest in driving to the basket. And uh, the Pacers had too many of those guys on those teams. Like it, like a uh, big
1: Roy. Um, if he came out. Hit the first couple of shots. Yeah. Was engaged defensively. He was probably going to have a good night. Yep. But if he missed the first couple shots, you know, had a travel or got a ball stripped from him, it was... Oh, well,
0: that time he came, went 0-0 uh, zero, zero in a fucking playoff game. He like, getting,
1: why do you have a um, wedding portrait of people that...
0: Um, Because it took us a while to get our wedding photos. We just haven't uh, had them yeah. printed. I was like, who are those people? I don't even see my... Yeah. <laughs> That's my first marriage. First marriage. No, we put the uh, we put the wedding frame up there, but we haven't put the picture in the wedding frame yet. I'm so. <laughs> just curious. I was just, looking, just taking a look. Yeah. And the Spurs stretched it back out to 8 again. With okay, a and- so they're looking decent. They're back up to 9 now with 10 minutes to go in the 4th. Um, so, yeah, the Pacers play at 8.30 tonight. Toronto and Washington will be the lead-in for that game, or the appetizer, if you will. So I think that'll be a great game. What about your boy Playoff P? comes out playoff firing in game one, P. and then... He comes out, talks talks some shit, acting like, um, you know, oh, you guys ain't seen Playoff Paul yet, and then uh, dubs himself Playoff P, and uh, promptly they've come out and lost their last two games <laughs> and down 2-1 in that series. You know, as
1: much as... It, it, as much as you want to like the guy, he makes it
0: exceedingly difficult to like him. Yeah. Um, I think they're heavily favored in that series against Utah. Um, I, I mean, Utah basically has Donovan Mitchell and a bunch of pieces, but they played great defense down the stretch here. Um, but, yeah, them being down 2-1 and losing one of those games at, in Oklahoma City. Um, great job, playoff P. Well, you got a 23-2 game three. Yeah. He's ha- he's he's scored his points. I think he doesn't done anything else. No. And I just think that just the egotism to come out and say, dub himself playoff P after one game. Um, and, you know, that being a one year rental there in Oklahoma City, I don't think there's any chances of him staying there. No. Um, so them thinking they fleece the Pacers on that trade is still highly humorous. Yeah, but everybody felt have... that when it went down. Well, I think even if. Oladipo and Sabonis had come here and were just role players, it was still a better trade just because Paul George is going to walk. He's right. going to walk from Oklahoma City. He's going to walk from wherever they were going to trade him. Um, you know, apparently we could have gotten Kevin Love or something, but, you know, as Kevin Love's shown this year, he's just a piece at this point. He's, yeah. not, gonna, he's not Kevin Love anymore. Um, oh we got a um,
1: Twitter question this week. We did. From your boy Chad. Oh. At Chad B 2113 mm-hmm. Apparently he couldn't think of anything better than Chad B So he's the 2113th person to think of that
0: I <laughs> Come on Chad I couldn't find anything for my name So that's why I had to use the underscore But uh, Does New Orleans
1: sweep of Portland Give Anthony Davis any consideration For league MVP Despite that it's a regular season award Uh how many beers did you have when you drank this, buddy?
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Because um, you kind of answered your question. Yeah, it's a regular season <laughs> award. Do they vote on that? I thought they voted on it before the end of the year. Um, not knowing that, I'm not going to, um, I guess, state that unequivocally. But I think your MVPs right now are either Harden, Westbrook. I mean, I'm sure Anthony Davis is there in the conversation. It's, but yeah, to me, it's got to be Harden. Yeah. Even though he um, does travel 90% of the time he has the ball. But, but uh, yeah, I I mean, I think that's the step everybody was looking for Anthony Davis to make. That, okay, he gets talked about every season, and they kind of fizzle out in the playoffs every year. This, is he going to finally take that next step? So I think this was the bottom expectation for Anthony Davis. I mean, maybe not sweeping, but... Um, I think that was the expectation for New Orleans to kind of get things done in that series pretty quickly. Yeah, and there is no place to tough for the NBA to play it in, the, the Smoothie King the Arena. Smoothie King Arena, especially. Um, I mean, hallowed Smoothie King Arena. Yeah. And you got to be um, mindful of the rain because games could get canceled due to rain. <laughs> yeah, you got to deal with the
1: elements when you get yeah, there.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not, a,
1: not an easy place to play in no. front of 1,600,
0: 1,700 people every night. No. Uh Poor. Tom Benson, rest in peace. Uh, How much Minnesota got things done last night, so they finally um, took a game from the number one seeded Houston Houston Rockets. Um, But yeah, Portland is a um,
1: interesting. I'm tired. I'm done with Damian. (laughs) I'm I'm done with him. I I had almost no faith left in him at all before the playoffs started and he completely validated my lack of faith. They just
0: keep rolling through coaches acting like it's, it's fast, not the coach. You know? <laughs> it's not <laughs> the coach's fault. I mean, they keep changing that coach. What are you <laughs> waiting for the Damian Lillard to show up? I mean, it's not like it's like coming
1: down the road anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you could go dig Red Hour back up and make a difference for <laughs> him, but he's um, yeah, he, the guy is. And, and I'm not blaming. I mean, I'm not blaming Damian Lillard. It's not his fault they lost the series, especially in
0: four games. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of. They have nobody on the inside to compete with that Boogie and Anthony Davis combo. You got
1: to, I don't know. There's just not enough good players on that team. The times I've seen them, they look look easily rattled. They look, and he doesn't seem like the type. He seems like a Paul George 2.0. He's like,
0: pretty good, look at me kind of guy, you know? Well, that was the thing too. Going back to the officiating thing is, I think that was one thing that drove Pacers fans nuts. Here is that Paul George wanted those superstar calls. He complained about it constantly. And well, you're not a superstar, (laughs) nonetheless. You're not a superstar, and he acted like, "Well, I'm not a superstar because I play in Indiana." No, you're not a superstar because you're not, um, just not at that level. You. Kind of cower down every time in the big moments, especially against LeBron. So,
1: well, game you know, game four closeout game. CJ McCollum has thirty-eight for the Blazers. It's and, a good backcourt. And Damian man. Lord has nineteen. Yep. I mean, that, that's completely opposite of you would hope or expect things to go. Game three, you know, your game four, you know, you're down three. The series pretty much over. Game four, you know, he comes back. He's got twenty. You know, and that's, he's not even I mean he's, he wants to be the
0: superstar of the team, mm-hmm. but he can't even, you know. It's it, like he it, wants it, to be a superstar, but not a leader. He, he it's can't impose like, can his will on a New Orleans Pelican, a New Orleans Pelican team in Game three yeah. of a first round series. And that's kind of, Pacers have gone through that for a long time. They had these great players that just didn't want to be leader. I mean, Jermaine O'Neill was honest about the fact, I don't want to be a leader. Like, I don't want players looking up to me <laughs> he's like I just want to go out and play and I think Danny Granger kind of tried to take on that role for the Pacers but um I think he was just kind of a stat stuffer on some terrible teams yeah. um I always liked Danny Granger yeah he was a pretty good guy on a on yeah. really bad team um and he was a fairly low I mean it's not like he was a top 10 pick or something I think he was like 14th or something yeah. but I mean it was a good find and um but, yeah, Pacers have kind of always lacked that leader. And I think Oladipo is all about taking that role. Like, he wants this to be his team. He wants to take on that leadership role. He wants to be a great teammate, which is something that I think LeBron has really excelled at. Um, as opposed to Michael Jordan, because you kind of read stories about Michael Jordan not always being the greatest teammate. But What, well, punches Steve Kerr in the face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think... Everything I've ever read about LeBron James is he's he's willing to mentor these other players and help yeah. them out. And, and maybe that's just a, a mental thing on the court that if they look up to him, maybe, you know, yeah, they can't come at him with everything they have. But
1: well, I think, And I think with his own guys, too, I think – I don't know if these, some of these guys like Paul George and whoever are smart enough to realize either that, you know, hey, if I lead – my teammates and I helped them and I helped them grow. This is going to pay off for me down the road in the yep. playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to shy away from the moment. If you, or the I'm not going to jump their ass if they make a mistake because, you know, I'm going to need to count
0: on them later. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about baseball. Um, talked about Bryant. We talked about... Um, they had a no-hitter last night? Yeah, no-hitter. First, a no hitter. Guy, first um, guy from Indiana, I think, since oh, like first, 1950, oh, six, wow. 1956 with Don Larson. So, uh, um, yeah, first guy born in Indiana to have a no-hitter since 1956. Um, postponements continue to be the story around baseball. Um, they have passed the record for early season weather-related um, postponed games. Um, So if you want to keep uh, choking that turkey on global warming, um, (laughs) I don't think there's much evidence anymore to uh, suggest otherwise. But, you know, you (laughs) got to make sure that we um,
1: ignore anything that's even remotely related to science or, you know. Yeah, it's just weather. Logic. You know. you it's know. just weather. Yeah, because yeah. you know weather and climate are the yeah. same. Ninety
0: nine point nine percent of scientists agree, but the ones backed by the oil companies, mm-hmm. they they tend to disagree. So yeah, like the um the moonshot guy that was going to make the oh yeah
1: flat the, Earth yeah flat Earther make to make the um make everybody believers in the um <laughs> flat Earth theory um of course the Orioles are mm. worst team in baseball.
0: Um, Hugh Darvish is, um, if we want to wallow in our respective teams uh, um, sorrows right now, Hugh Darvish has not looked good as a Cub thus far. He was uh, no hitter through three and two thirds last (laughs) night, (laughs) three and two thirds last night, no hitter. And then. Then the wheels uh, come off. It was all downhill from there. Well, um, he even caught a break in that. Um, and they, they chased him because he um yeah he got two outs and then the ball bounced out. At least scored. three runs would have scored there, I think, and only one, one ended up scoring. So they still had the lead. Um, because the ball bounced out for a ground rule double. Um, and then couldn't get the pitcher out. Uh, yeah. Walked the pitcher. The base hit up the middle. And yep. was, it was on. And then point. it was just base hit after base hit after base hit. So. So basically, they figured out the formula for beating the Red Sox. You basically have to no hit them. Yeah. So, (laughs) Um, if you can get them to not get on base, you have a chance to beat them. I think Red Sox had won 17 straight, 17 and one. I think they were something like that. 17 because they started out nine
1: and one, and then they won eight in
0: a row. I think or something. I don't know. They're 17 17 and three. So going into that no hitter last night, they were 17 and two. Yeah. So. Um, so pretty impressive start for the Red Sox and their new manager. Um, Astros are rolling still. Matt right. Harvey got his fat-ass moved to the bullpen, <laughs> final. Matt, I'm not a reliever. Harvey A-R- is now a reliever. Cubs ahead of only the Cincinnati Reds in the MLB Central right now. So Yeah, when 25,000 people spot you at a... Cocktail party slamming G and <laughs> the night before a game. And then you don't show up. And you don't rest.
1: show in the morning. They're, they're probably not gonna buy the migraine.
0: Or <laughs> our buddy Greenwood Red, I have food poisoning. Well, he pounded about 27 beers last <laughs> night, Red. I Bar- don't think that's food. Poisoning, <laughs> yeah, you get food poisoning quite often there, Red. Um. <laughs> um But yeah, baseball's been interesting so far. It's been a good start to the season. Um, you I gonna mean, speak for yourself. Yeah. Well, Twelve games. I mean, Twelve games back. It's not even May first. Yep. Yeah, the Cubs are only two and a half games back, so the Central is not that good right they now.
1: They are so far but... behind
0: right now that they're not even
1: showing the wild card standings yet. <laughs> I mean, the season is so early that they won't even show
0: the wild card standings yet. Yep. Um, any other news we should cover here? I'm trying to think.
1: Anybody
0: yeah. trying to take a moonshot this week? No. no, no flat earthers booming off into the sky. Um, we got any um, big shout out this week to um, the school I teach at um, had some transportation issues with a field trip. Um, the district that had originally um, approved the budget for the transportation to a zoo trip um, that they had fundraised for. Came in last week and said they were not going to fund it. Um, I put the... um, Wait a minute.
1: The the school district raised the money to fund the trip. The school
0: raised the money to pay the zoo. For the trip. Paid the zoo. And then um, IPS had originally approved the transportation costs and then denied it due to budget costs. So... Hey, but we got a balanced budget and... Yeah. (sighs) My man Mitch... Yeah, as our roads are in. Uh, yeah, who are these? Who are these budgets being balanced on? Yeah, my man Mitch, he really balanced the budget and cut taxes, but now ten years later, our roads are <laughs> third-world countries like have better roads and infrastructure than this country does. But he turned that into a pretty good gig up at Purdue. So yeah. Um. So big shout out to um, guys on Twitter. I kind of put the bat light out there and. We raised about fifteen hundred dollars in a day, about twenty four hours. Schultz, JMB, yeah, they all retweeted it. Um, Kit Sterling, who Kent Sterling. Um, I have my, some issues with, but him and his seven um, listeners hopped in. Yeah, the he he, he, <laughs> 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 he put the he put the word out for me too. Um, um, Query, Jake Query, actually contacted Washington Township, the superintendent, to try and get some buses donated, um, but in the end. Um, Rafael Sanchez, uh, call six investigates, uh, started poking around at the district. I'm trying not to uh, mention the specific districts, um, but started poking around at the um, headquarters of said district. And the budget was magically um, approved um, after a day. So everybody got their money back on the donation. Um, It was a donors choose. So. Um, If it's not reached, everybody just gets their money returned. So I just want to say thank you to everybody that did donate money. Um, It was incredible to see that much money raised in just 24 hours. So I really appreciate that. Um, Being a local person and
1: having Rafael Sanchez showing up it has got to be like being a politician, and you open up the door, and there's Ed Bradley
0: like, yeah. safer Emily really Saferstein. Oh fuck! Woodward well, and Senior on the phone. Um, yeah, like, I do not even know they still wrote together.
1: Like, fuck. Oh, you want the other guy? He's in yeah. there. <laughs> I knew that bastard was crooked.
0: But um, so yeah, thanks to all the bros out there on Twitter. Thanks to um, all those that support public education as well. Uh, so the little,
1: the little dudes.
0: Um, Stoked, or did they even know what was going on? Was this we, we did not communicate it to them, no. Um, it would have been heartbreaking to tell them. So well, They were going to figure it out sooner or later. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we were kind of working <sighs> under the guise that we're going to get our damn buses, whether we have to burn this school to the ground. Yeah. Um, so... Um, well, that's good. I mean, I'm
1: glad I am glad... That they are getting the opportunity. To
0: yeah, and not. these these kids, uh, none of them have probably been to the zoo, so um, well, maybe pretty, they, like, pretty cool. Sh- Could they take like a little bit of that money from the um, GoFundMe and maybe give
1: like each of them like a fiver or a ten? Oh, well, no, maybe more than that because the zoo is so freaking expensive. Yeah, but Just don't get on the uh, monorail. <laughs> <laughs> Be on there with Schultz.
0: <laughs> um, but no, like give them like, should You probably have to give them each fifty. They buy lunch. Yeah. Um, we will probably do bag lunches, I imagine, but, um, we're having a big end of ice step party for my kids, my classroom next Wednesday. So I'm going to get some pizzas from Giordano's, which I can get a little bit of a hookup on and am going to get some ice cream and do some root beer. When's your room? So when's your last day of next Friday is my last day. So you trick sure someone in give you a full time gig yet? Not yet. Got some interviews. Anybody? Anybody know anybody? I can go with you. Want to wear yeah. some tuxes this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy in the $3,000 suits are going <laughs> to... Yeah,
1: I'm um, not wiping, nosies, wiping nose on these little snotty little <laughs> bastards.
0: <laughs> so... Um, besides that it is my 8 year anniversary tonight with my wife so we've got some dinner plans so we need to wrap this the fuck up alright but um, you can always follow us on at Cast on twitter um, you can follow us individually at @OriginalRD original rd or at southside underscore rye um, again that's at please follow us on twitter we're going to start I'm using that a lot more, and please um, subscribe and share the podcast each week. We are up to episode seven today, so i kind of on a roll here the last few weeks. We've been able to record every week, so um, we're going to continue to do that, try and build up what is this um, small little operation. We're going to continue to talk local sports, but we'll... Um, continue to work in national and pop culture stuff um we just kind of want to kind of set up what this show is going to be about um we'll definitely focus on local sports it's not a not a podcast just about fred smoot uh (laughs) (laughs) what do you have fred Still waiting on you, buddy? Yeah. I mean, it can be a podcast about Fred Smoot. I'm not against that. i do a whole shit with yeah. I'll talk to Fred Smoot for as long as he wants yeah. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm all about the booze Cruise. Any any inside details on that? And or any,
1: any participant
0: of the booze Cruise that yeah. can tell us Fred Smoot's role in it so we have more background yeah. than we have Fred on the show. And we can talk about how Mike Tice killed that kid by not giving him water break at the Vikings training camp. Well, too. technically Mike Tice didn't kill him. The son did. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. It's, I like, mean, it's like Brian... Um, Brian Kelly didn't kill um, that kid at Notre Dame. The wind did.
0: Well, it was more the ground. Uh, well, technically, the Nazis didn't kill the Jews. The uh, showers did. But oh my God! <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> wow, that was. <laughs>
1: Well, that what may was, be our last podcast yeah. number, but
0: What <laughs> was the Brockmeyer quote? Apparently uh, the uh, uh, Holocaust joke should be kept uh, Off the air <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to be uh. <laughs> I don't
1: know if we going to make that Their go-to, but um, today let's do um, Nathaniel Rittliff in the night sweats I need never get old
0: Alright, son of a bitch Oh, not that one That's Sorry. a different one oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so I might never get old uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats they are coming to town this summer at the Lawn at White River yes, so if are. you going to check them out um, they're a pretty awesome band coming so. with the record company who are really yeah. really good too yeah they're good so that's going to be a great show to check out at the Lawn if you haven't been there especially it's not a bad seat. Buy the cheapest seat in the place and just enjoy it. And, I mean, a million times easier to get in and out of than yeah. Noblesville. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, buy buy a lawn seat and just kind of hang out in the back and just enjoy the music. Um, There's really not a bad seat there. It's really small. So um, with that, we'll leave you with Nathaniel Ratliff. Follow us again at Okra Patchcast. Subscribe and share on iTunes, SoundCloud. Google Play. Sorry, um, we ran
1: out of time, Dan. We'll get Dan? to you next week.
0: Oh, man, I forgot. Dan, I am sorry. Um, I will pick you up on hold here in a second. We'll see if we can get you a gift basket or something. But we will get to you next week. i um, sorry, Dan.
2: It's a calming way to blame and hide the truth I know that some will say matter's a little bit Oh, but come on and mean it to me I need it so bad Never get old Standing in the rain mean what you say all and mean it to me all of these lies or oh, and never again come on and say and I'll say it's again I know it's almost say it matters believe Oh, babe, oh, I'm a- coming and mean it to me. I need it so bad. Oh, I mean it to me. I need it so bad. Good. Let's try one more.